You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their You got Ronald yet? Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. That was something time. I don't think I've ever seen a team win a game quite like that time. That was, I don't even, I'm coming with the hour of the day it is and what just happened. I'm at a loss for words time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast with the worst intro we've ever had, but that's okay. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here early, early on a Sunday morning. Some would say late Saturday night, but really early Sunday morning. And again, not in Lexington, Kentucky, because we only send one guy on the road uh, because of SEC COVID protocols and post-game Zoom things and all that. So we had Patrick Brown in at Kroger Field tonight. It's always Commonwealth Stadium to me, but he was at Kroger Field tonight. We will hear from him hopefully in the second segment of this episode, but we're going to we're going to stick local here in the first segment to talk about Tennessee's 45 to 42 win over 18th ranked Kentucky and an absolute barn burner at Kroger Field. So much to discuss in that game. And we're going to get started with Ryan Callahan here in the first segment going to go to that clown car full of children, that home daycare center he calls home. Ryan my good man, I gotta ask you, buddy. What's up? Uh, yeah, clown car full of sleeping kids. So uh, let's let's uh, let's keep it down a little bit. No, but uh, but yeah. the uh, yeah, I mean that was a that was quite a game uh, tonight to uh, to see Tennessee pull that one out and an unusual game for a few different reasons. And yeah, just uh, just an entertaining game, kind of the game we I think we're expecting to see maybe quite a bit this year, maybe kind of what we thought we'd see in the old Miss game. You know, we finally got one of these good old fashioned shootouts that we were kind of thinking the Josh Heupel era might be full of. And then this one, maybe not prototypical, maybe not by the book, but they, they, they found a way to get it done. Yeah. There, there's so many just absolutely fascinating stats from, from this game. And I'm going to start with one uh, from our good friend, Will Warren. If you know him stats by Will, he's a good friend of the pod. He, does a lot of Tennessee basketball stuff, uh, numbers crunching, but also does some football stuff here and there. Uh, he's a, g- a good friend of the pod, and he had a really good uh, really good stat that he sent me tonight. He said, out of curiosity, he looked at it. And tonight, uh, at least going back to, what, 2010 or so, whatever it was, teams that had scored 40-plus points and had 600-plus yards of offense and zero punts were 101-1 and until this game. And now they are 101 and two because Kentucky did all of those things and it lost the football game. Tennessee had the football for less than 14 minutes. Kentucky had it for 46 minutes and eight seconds. Kentucky did not punt, had 612 yards of total yards, was a ridiculous 12 for 17 on third down. Tennessee went down the checklist of just awful things that you can't do and ever hope to win a football game. And it won the football game. And I got to be honest, Ryan, part of me feels like it's uh, – what's that old baseball stat that – or old baseball idiom that, that sort of 
you know, players and teams kind of find the mean eventually. They eventually get to where they're supposed to be. And there were so many times this season watching Kentucky games that I wondered, I looked at the stats and said, how the hell did Kentucky win that game? This is one where I look at the stats and say, how the hell did Kentucky lose that football game? Because it's not like the turnover margin was was out of whack either. It was one-to-one. It was neutral. So how in the world did that happen? Uh, you know, it, it, honestly, I, I think to me, the game came down to two things. First of all, it's a three-point game. Uh, I, I think it came down to, in a lot of ways, the pick six by Alante Taylor and the sequence at the end of the first half. Yeah. Um, I, I think those two things really – swung the game in Tennessee's favor when you look at it and and just some obviously timely stops, you know, Tennessee getting uh, the fourth down stop right before they scored at the end of the first half, getting the fourth down stop at the end of the game, clearly. Uh, And even though Tennessee squandered a chance to put away the game there in the, the, you know, with less than five minutes to play, they, they still, you know, did what they needed to do on offense for the most part throughout the game. Um, So, you know, overall it was not a, perfect performance by any stretch of the imagination but you know when you come out and score on your first play from scrimmage score on in three plays on the next drive and and you just kind of keep scoring at will I mean they had five scoring drives that lasted less than uh, let me make sure I'm quoting this five that lasted less than a minute off the top of my head yeah they had six scoring drives only one of them lasted more than like 45 seconds Uh, I need to pull that up again but it it's just it, staggering it's just an how unbelievable, insane, insane. Like I used to say that Tennessee scoring drives were sort of like misfit songs. They were like, you know, two, two and a half minutes. Now they're not even that. They're like, a, their guitar solos last longer than these touchdown drives. I, here, I, I mean, here it's, un, it's unbelievable. It, here are the lengths of their scoring drives. 11 seconds, 16 seconds, 26 seconds. 37 seconds, 44 <laughs> seconds. And the final one, that's the longest one. Two minutes, 36 seconds. And that was the one late in the first half where they drive down and score with 114 left. Um, so you're trying to run out the clock a little bit in that one. So just not not taking any time off the clock when they scored. And at a certain point, it's their fault because they're just so efficient. On the, uh, at, And one of the reasons they didn't rack up as many yards as Kentucky, Kentucky gave them some short fields. I, I was like, as I broke down the, all their drives, you know, they just – they took over with good field position. Sometimes they had the kick return by Jimmy holiday that put them at the 49 Kentucky's turnover on downs, you know, things like that, that gave them opportunities to have short fields that kept Tennessee's offense from looking as impressive as Kentucky's 600 plus yards. When you look at it, cause yeah, Tennessee didn't have as many yards, but they just kept scoring. So uh, yeah, not, not a, <laughs> again, not a flawless performance at all, but the fact that they just kept answering, kept finding ways to score even defensively, obviously that that being a huge moment in the game to me and Tennessee threatened to pull away there a little bit when Alante Taylor gave them that pick six, but you know, that they, they took advantage of their opportunities. That's the bottom line. They just made a couple more plays in Kentucky, but this one, the the margin for, for uh, error was razor thin in this one with both teams scoring as much as they did. Yeah. And they, you know, sort of emblematic of what this team has been about, played most of the second half without the top three rushers on the team. Uh, guys that, you know, Tyon Evans, um, you know, had one carry tonight and got hurt. Jabari Small had a couple of nice runs, but he only had four carries because he got hurt again. And, and Laneith Whitehead did not, did not make the trip. So true freshman Jalen Wright, back from the milk carton, back from an injury, out there on the field, and he did have a moment where he ran into Hendon Hooker that caused a fumble. It happens. But on the next play, he moved the chains for a first down. He finished with 50 yards on seven carries. 
I mean, they they did it without Jacob Warren, who was out there, you know, for came out in the second half wearing a hoodie with some kind of an injury. So after scoring a touchdown early in the game, he was out. I mean, they just keep, you know, Cooper Mays is out there still like duct taped together on one leg, and he's out there, you know, playing okay enough at center. I mean, they're just they're just tough dudes. And and they're they're just figuring out ways to keep playing. Uh, you know, that's what Josh Heupel mentioned. That they're just they are learning to play with the kind of consistent effort uh, that you need to have to, to, to be able to answer the bell when things go against you. And, and <laughs> I, I'm just really impressed by Tennessee finding a way to gut it out. You know, Lante Taylor acted like it was no big deal to play, you know, that they were on the field for 46 minutes and eight seconds on defense, but that is a staggering number uh, to have to play. And, and, and for Tennessee to, you know, mysteriously keep having some guys shaken up on extra points and things like that. (laughs) But shocking uh, how that keeps happening, huh? Shocking. But, but even with that, I mean, you're, you're not, you're just not getting much time to rest. And so it, it, that, that clearly had to have some sort of effect on just how bad Tennessee's defense was at times, but this, that, you know, that that's the big thing you take away from this is that, you know, and we've said all along, this was, this was the most important game left on Tennessee's schedule because it was a swing game a very winnable game for Tennessee. Kentucky looked human the, the past couple weeks but going into this one, and this was a must-win for Kentucky. You know, their, their season now starting to spiral a little bit with three straight losses after a, a 6-0 start. So this was a big game for them to kind of rally the troops and, be, and turn things around and, and keep this on track to be a, a, an almost historically good season for Kentucky. And they came up just a bit short, but give them credit. They found a way to put up some yards and put up some points in a way they really hadn't done this year. Partly, maybe that's just what Tennessee, you know, where they found some shortcomings for Tennessee. You know, we saw the quarterback runs show up again. You know, Will Levis running for some yards, running for a touchdown there, getting airborne a couple times, uh, really, really putting his his body on the line uh, to make some plays. But, you know, Tennessee was still vulnerable there. You know, Kentucky threw it on them pretty effectively at times. They ran the ball better than I thought they would. Kentucky's offensive line was really impressive, I thought. Um, So, just found a way to, to, to take things to a level we hadn't seen Kentucky do all year. And that's maybe a little concerning for Tennessee's defense. But, um, but again, this team, give them a lot of credit. They're, they've responded to this staff. You know, I, I hesitate to say, you know, uh, people always want to know, is it, is it different this time? You know, what you're seeing with Josh Heupel compared to this staffs we've seen before. You know, I, I remember seeing some similar efforts in Butch Jones's first year. Sure, that team sure, seemed, yeah. seemed to respond to his staff. But, but give this staff a lot of credit because they are playing just with a sort of relentlessness that we've really not seen this consistently. I've not seen it this consistently uh, from a first-year staff probably at Tennessee. I'll, I'll say it that way. You know, they Even the games they're not playing well, you still just haven't seen them lay down and let a game get completely away from them. And, and I think that's definitely to their credit and to the staff's credit. And, and tonight, a good example of that, they just kept – answering the bell when, you know, Kentucky had had chances to kind of swing this game toward them, and they just kept bouncing back and scoring every time. Yeah, I don't even, you know, we'll have all next week to discuss sort of how uncomfortable some matchups in that Georgia game are. And I don't even, you know, to be honest, I don't even really want to discuss it yet because let these guys enjoy this win. They, you know, Tennessee had lost, what, 21-31, whatever it was, consecutive games on the road to top 20 teams, which is just crazy. Won this one today. So let's give them their day in the sun or night in the in the cold, freezing Kentucky weather. Let, let's, let's let them have this moment, and then we'll talk about next week next week. But when you talk about just this game, Tennessee's linebackers 
I mean, both of them, both the, the top two guys, they had 14 tackles apiece tonight. They got exposed a lot in that game. Uh, Kentucky's offensive line is good, and, and it put hats on hats on Tennessee's defensive line to make those guys less effective than they have been before. But Kentucky, I mean, Tennessee's run fits, not good. Uh, only, you know, they, they led the nation in tackles for loss until coming into this game. They just had three. They were all big fourth-quarter sacks, but they just had three of them. You know, so some of the some of the, the coverage busts, I mean – if Kentucky comes back and wins that game, how long are we talking about that fourth and 24? And how much does that become like just a t-shirt slogan that, that's just like the latest embarrassing thing that's happened to Tennessee football, right? Fourth and 24, when a guy just, I think, forgot what coverage they were in or just didn't, I don't, I don't know what happened, but they gave up a fourth and 24. Which was just that's... just unbelievably bad. You just cannot on on any planet, you cannot let that happen. So uh, that's but, a great point. Uh, we almost forget about that. So much happened in the final, even in the final five minutes. But that that I, I really thought at that point, okay, they they really might lose this game, or we're at least headed to overtime because it looked like at that point Kentucky was well on its way into field goal range. And at that point, Tennessee bowed its neck and, and found a way to get a stop. As you said, with those the help of those three fourth quarter sacks, you know, Byron Young and Tyler Barron, those guys, they were rotating. They didn't, they didn't make as much of an impact early, but give them credit. Those guys were there and, and made plays when the game was on the line. And got a break too, because I've been ex- extremely critical at times of some of the calls that have gone against Tennessee this season. Tyler Barron grabbed Will Levis's face mask on that sack. That 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 is a that, that that's a face mask. I think that's a 15 yard penalty. The way the rules. I written. thought it was a five. See, I thought it was a five to me. Maybe that, Maybe I didn't need to take another look at it. I didn't think it was an egregious, you know, the 15-yard variety. That, to me, looked like more incidental where he let go pretty quickly. Either way, I think that is very clearly a face mask. And then the officials complicated. Listen, I know Mark Stoops can be an a-hole on the sidelines. We all know that. He's got some Butch Jones tendencies. He just does. (laughs) On the sideline, he gets that sort of stupid-looking I'm-angry face like he's a little kid trying to take a dump when he can't. Like, you know, just, just, just. He, he, he has that look. He can get on your nerves. I understand that. But I just don't see how you penalize his kids in that spot. I hate that call. And part of me is glad that Kentucky converted that fourth and 24 because then Tennessee got the stop and got to win the game anyway. For that to have decided the game would have been awful. Yeah, for that, for, for that game to be decided that way. I mean, I, Stoops would have had to threaten his life to get a call like that in that situation. I mean, unless he is like saying, I'm going to murder you in front of whatever it is, 65,000, 67,000 people here. I'm, unless he said something like that, you just can't do that. And I don't want to harp on it, but I have to mention it. The Tennessee has not gotten some breaks in some of these close games. We know the spots, the ball, we know the, the Tyler Barron score. I mean, maybe, you know, the things have a way of evening out, right? I mean, Tyler Barron got a touchdown taken off the board in that old miss game. He got, he got a break today. So, they did get some breaks, but they were on the field for 100 snaps and plus because they had 99 official plays. That doesn't count penalties and things that didn't, you know, plays that didn't count all that. They're on the field for more than 100 plays, and they're not rotating a ton. So a lot of those guys are playing a whole lot of snaps. And if you look at the percentages, I mean, what? 10% of those plays maybe went well for Tennessee's defense. I mean, just, just not or maybe 20%, but not a lot. And none of the third downs, really, most of the night went Tennessee's way. But they made plays when they had to. And i got to tell you, I said going into the game a couple things that were totally wrong. I said that I did not think Kentucky could possibly beat Tennessee in a track meet. I was wrong about that. Tennessee won, but it could have gone the other way. 
So I was definitely, definitely, I'm, definitely wrong I'm shocked about that. on that. I did not at all see that coming. That that was that was one that I just, you know, I I didn't. I did not think Kentucky could 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 really do that, uh, and it did. So, uh, tip of the cap to them. They Tennessee's defense isn't great, but Kentucky made some plays. And the other thing that that really surprised me, I said if that was a close game in the fourth quarter, Tennessee was going to lose it because if you look at Kentucky's schedule this year, look at those games. A lot of those have been close fourth quarter games where Kentucky has made plays and really made just game-defining plays late in the game and huge plays and won the game. Tennessee had lost every opportunity it had in the in that kind of game going into this one. But also, historically, that's the kind of game where Tennessee always beats Kentucky. So I guess one of those things had to give, right? And it was the law of history. Yeah, and a couple of things I definitely want to mention because there was so much to this game. Uh, I, I went into this game thinking this was going to be the type of game where one way or another Hendon Hooker was going to have to win this one for Tennessee because I didn't think they would be able to run the ball especially you well. You did say that. So, I, don't want, I don't want to interrupt you, but you did say that. Kudos. That was that was a good one. Yeah. Well, well, I, I was half right, I guess, because on one hand, he won them the game absolutely by playing as well as he did early on. On the other hand, with the game on the line, he's, they still got down to the five-yard line and had a chance to put it away. That's the kind of drive, you know, He's he, he almost capped it off there, but then he took a couple sacks and they had a false start penalty that backed them up, so they they still shot themselves in the foot and almost blew it in the end. But for the most part, Hooker did win in this game. He played really well and uh, you know kind of had to carry them. You know, I didn't envision Tyon Evans and Jabari Small both being out of this game in the fourth quarter. That's not ideal. So yeah. they they overcame it and give Tennessee's receivers a ton of credit. Uh, Cedric Tillman played great. Obviously, made a couple huge plays back to back, including the touchdown and, and a, I think a thirty-seven yarder right before that. Um, and, and those catches right before halftime, again, that's the difference in the game. It's a three-point game. You, you essentially win with that field goal right before the half, and Tillman made all those catches along the sideline. The last one I thought was a great catch. Yeah, uh, and they really, got done really quickly. good throw. Really good throw, too. Yep, got it out of bounds. Uh, just a perfect execution there, and that was such a backbreaker for Kentucky. Give, give them credit for bouncing right back and taking the lead right back and to start the second half. They, they could have been devastated by that, uh, that end of the first half, and they weren't. But um, – you know, I thought Tennessee's receivers played really well. Javante Payton did his usual. Hey, I'm going to go out and score real quick and then not do a whole lot else the rest of the yeah, game. True, <laughs> true. I don't know what that is, but it's a, it's, it's a trend Tennessee can count on at least. And, uh, and Bayless Jones Jr. again making some plays. So Tennessee's continued to get a lot of production out of those guys. And, and Hendon Hooker certainly does, deserves a ton of credit for his first 300-yard game at Tennessee. He's so efficient. In his career. Just amazing. In his career anywhere. I, th- I thought he maybe had a 300 yarder at Virginia Tech, did he not? But uh, but I know this. I think this is a career high either way for him in Fair passing enough. yards. Fair but yeah. but three what 317 and four touchdowns and only on 20 attempts. I, I think was the final total. I yeah, mean, just 15 20. Amazing, amazing efficiency uh, when you look at it. So I'm I'm stunned that he threw for that many yards on that few attempts. But it was it was just that kind of night for Tennessee. Yeah, and, and you know I think the the protection late hurt him. I don't I don't know how many of those sacks. I mean, Heupel said this, and I, I don't think he's wrong necessarily. I, I I think some of those sacks, they just – Kentucky had it covered up. There was nowhere to go with yeah. the ball. He couldn't escape really. You know, there just wasn't – even a guy who's athletic like him, I, he just didn't have really anywhere to go there. Kentucky's front seven is actually pretty solid. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Kentucky's where, where Kentucky struggles a lot is on the back end. Uh, and, and I don't like – I don't really like those sort of flag, you know, those corner routes or fade routes. They're not really – 
high percentage throws, but if you throw them to a guy like Tillman, they're a higher percentage because he's just, I mean, his his efficiency, pretty much, I think, seven targets today again, six catches, he's just remarkably efficient. Like, he may, if you th- throw the ball in his area code, he's going to give you a chance to make a play on it. And, and so that, that was huge. And I don't know exactly where this thing goes from here. I mean, I think we know next week is is a tough matchup. We'll have them next week to talk about that. But now you just got to beat – I mean, knock on wood here, but you just got to beat, you know, a South Alabama team that's got a pretty good defense and then Vanderbilt, and you've got a seven-win regular season despite losing two winnable games. So, I, I mean, I, this thing – We'll see where it goes. I mean, there were times early in in the Butch Jones era. There were times early in the Derek Dooley era, times early in the Jeremy Pruitt era, obviously Lane Kiffin season, where it looked like things were going to go pretty well for Tennessee. They didn't. So I'm I'm not in the the business now of predicting what it's going to look like two or three years from now because we got to see can these guys recruit because they're struggling a little bit there. They got to get some things going. Now, that's not fair to them in some ways because of what they took over, the negative recruiting about the the potential NCAA impacts and all that. They've had a lot to get through, uh, so we'll see. But the way what they're doing with what they have, I, Ryan, I think, and I said this earlier, we we can probably end on this thought. It's really easy to lose the forest for the trees sometimes because you get into the nitty gritty of a season, and. You just think about, you know, this next drive, this next play, this next matchup, this next game, and you kind of stop and, and or you, you don't stop and think about the big picture. Think about where this thing was when Hypel arrived. Think about what that offense looked like the past couple of years. Think about the number of players it lost to the NFL. Think about the number of players it lost to the portal. And look what they're doing offensively. And, and they're also... By the way, leading the country in tackles for loss. So tonight was a bad night for the defense, but when you look at what they're doing with what they have, I'm not saying start pouring statues for them. I'm saying stop and think about it for a second. This is pretty good. This is. Uh, you cannot argue with the, with the results they've gotten so far. And, and you know, it's funny the, the twists and turns the season takes. You know, in the second week of September, I think all of us would have said, you know, Pittsburgh was a missed opportunity and, mm-hmm. and it was, it was, it was a game they could have won. Should have won. Um, Should have won. Yeah. But looking back on it, Pittsburgh's a pretty good team. Um, I'm not so sure they're, they're not just a better team than Tennessee. They had chances to win that game, but Pitt played really well that day. It wasn't just Tennessee's defense sucks. Pitt's doing that to a lot of people. So, um, and then uh, when you look back on it now, we thought at the time, eh, Florida's pretty good. Now, boy, I bet they'd love to play Florida again at this point, huh? Yeah. Um, ama- amazing. Especially the, uh, if, especially if the entire team's got the flu. That would help. <laughs> no kidding. But, uh, and man, how many times have we seen it? the timing of that Tennessee-Florida game just never seems to work in Tennessee's favor for whatever reason. But uh, uh, regardless, though, when you look at the, fi- the finished product, and they're not done yet, obviously, still got to get through the Georgia game. You know, you never say never in that one. That's obviously going to be some pretty tough sledding against a, a potentially historically good Georgia defense. Uh, and then, you know, South Alabama, Vanderbilt, those aren't layups, but they're games Tennessee's clearly going to be expected to win. So, sure, sure. Uh, so yeah, if, if they get to seven and five in the regular season, I mean, let, let's just put it in context. Let's call it what it is. That'd be the best first year for any Tennessee head coach since Lane Kiffin, a guy that everybody's kind of, and, I mean, there, there and doing it with these numbers, and doing it with these numbers too. Yeah, with these numbers, but, with what they've got, with what, with with the, the lack of depth, the, the the amount of times they've been handing the ball off to like fourth or fifth string running backs 
in the second half of games where they've been pl- starting walk-ons on the offensive line. You know, having linebackers that it's just it's just tough sledding for that group. Just so many. T- I mean, a bunch of first-year guys learning an, learning an offense. I mean, it's been nuts. Yep. And 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 yeah, I'm just amazed they're getting this much out of out of an offense that when you out of this offense and the personnel they inherited because they you know, again, the, the biggest thing was getting quarterback right. They got they've gotten quarterback right with Hendon Hooker. We said that changes everything. It it does. I wasn't sure they would get this consistently good quarterback play this year. Thought it would be better, thought it would have its moments, but certainly didn't expect it to be this good. And so that's that's a big part of it. You fix that, you know, things tend to fall into place a little bit more, and they've done that. But to overcome, you know, not really having and including tonight, Tyon Evans, Jabari Small out there consistently this season, that's that's been a big thing to, to manage what they've had at the running back position and manage all the injuries on the offensive line and still continue to get it done. So if they get out of this with a seven-win regular season, um, that's really impressive, and that's why you really can't overstate the significance of this win for Tennessee. It just makes – it puts a lot in front of them. They, they could get to eight wins with a bowl win now, even without an upset of Georgia. So that is that is potentially some pretty pretty lofty stuff for this team, given, as you said, everything they've encountered this year. And last thing, Ryan, we did talk about this. How many times have we said this year on this very podcast or written stuff about it saying, you know, Tennessee doing a lot of good things, fighting, but they got to learn to win these close games. They got to learn to do it. And with a really – you know, w- with the lack of numbers, with the lack of depth, they went to Lexington, Kentucky, and they did to Kentucky what Florida and LSU could not in that same stadium. They went there, they won the game. They did, and 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 another thing that you know this season is doing um, that by winning this game, you do. You know, we, we've talked about it all along. You know, before Tennessee's got to crawl before it can walk. Um, let's let's just face it; they've been down. They've, they've had their moments where they've gotten back up for a year or two, and then they just haven't been able to sustain it. One of the biggest things this program's got to do, it's got to start, you know, essentially, based on his, historically where these programs have been, restoring order in the SEC East. This is a big step toward doing that. They've beaten Kentucky a, a lot over the years. This is eight in, in the past 10 years, so it's a series they've still controlled, but they've had a couple noteworthy losses to Kentucky. So to, to get back on the winning side of this series while Kentucky's a ranked opponent, that, that's that's good stuff for Tennessee. They, they've got to have that. So now you've got three SEC wins, a chance to win four SEC games this year, and they would be over South Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. Those are the teams you've got to start beating on a consistent basis. They've started to do that in, th- in at least three of those series, Kentucky being the fourth that was still a little bit up in the air. This, this win tonight allows them to do that. If you can become that third team in the SEC East, then you can start worrying about chasing down Florida and Georgia. Obviously, Florida this year – you know, we'll see if this is an outlier for Florida, but they're struggling now. But regardless, if you're if you're one of those three big teams in the SEC East, then you got a chance to be in the discussion for more, and then you can take that next step. So this is a big deal for that, um, and, and just and everything that they've they've done to you know tonight. This this just opens a lot more doors for for where this program can head in the future, and and yeah, they they just uh, you know they continue to find ways to to get it done. And I, I say this too about this team, you know. Chase McGrath missed a field goal there at the end that could have been big. The defense didn't play well all night. Um, the offense, you know, made some mistakes that could have been critical. But at the end of the day, after playing after playing so poorly for a lot of the night, the defense found a way to get it done. Special teams came up with some plays that yeah. offset a little bit of Chase McGrath's miss there. The offense still made a ton of plays throughout the night, even though they shot themselves in the foot a couple times. So 
this was a team win for Tennessee. It really was. And I think it's really impressive that Tennessee's defense found a way to dig down, get it done there at the end after everything that went against them. They could have easily collapsed after that fourth and 24 conversion, as you said, and just bounced right back and made four consecutive stops to, to end the game. And with Kentucky kind of fading toward toward the end, Florida kind of being in disarray, might you take care of business in those final two games. Might be a pretty decent bowl game there waiting at the end. If the NCAA doesn't step in and you know keep them out of bowl games or anything, could be that's, could be a pretty decent bowl that. bid. Could be a pretty decent NCAA, bowl bid. The NCAA doesn't do anything that fast, so that would be absolutely stunning. So. That, that's not going to happen, and I I personally still don't see a bull band and, coming know, down yeah, the road anyway. And if Kentucky's you know fading down the stretch, there's not a lot of obviously not yeah. not a lot of love for the way things are going at Florida right now. Never know, could be a pretty decent well, bid. At the very least, we've seen before a seven win Tennessee team has been very enticing to you know to Jacksonville. I'm sure that you know bowls like Charlotte and Nashville though those will be tripping all over themselves to to get Tennessee depending on who else is out there. So uh, I, I think. I think anybody projecting Tennessee to, to go to Birmingham or something before this, they're, they're going to change those projections here pretty soon yeah, now that are. Tennessee has won this this last big toss-up game on the schedule. They're going to have to. And you know, Russell, we're going to have to do – we're going to have to step away for a second because we're going to have to go uh, pay some bills, listen to products, add services, and then come back and try to get Patrick Brown on the horn uh, from somewhere in, in, I assume, rural Kentucky at this point. So, Ryan, man, thank you for the time. Thanks for being here. I know it's an ungodly hour, uh, even with the hour we get tonight back. So – Thanks for being here, man, and um, I assume we'll talk to you here in a few days. Sounds good. Enjoy the extra sleep tonight. Yeah, I could. We could all really <laughs> use that. I'm enjoying every bit of sleep I can get before the baby's born because I know this. Is That's just, right. It's just over at that point. So thanks, Ryan. Appreciate, it, man. Guys, we'll be back. In, we'll be back in just one second. Going to pay some bills, product services, and house ads, all that other fun stuff. And we will be right back here on the Go Balls 24/7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ad you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Going to be joined in just a second uh, from Kentucky by the one, the only Patrick Brown, who, uh, again, because of uh, the SEC's COVID stuff and, and Zoom stuff for post-game interviews for visiting teams nowadays, Bottom line, we only send one person on the road these days. Uh, we'll probably not be like that in the future, but it's how it's been this year. So instead of all of us going in a caravan, we just send Pat now. He's our road warrior for football season, as is his right as the beat rider, and he does a super good job. So it's always, always a good thing. A win-win for everybody because I don't have to be cold, and uh, y'all get to have the coverage from the stadium. So everything works out perfectly. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Tennessee's big 45-42 win at 18th right Kentucky on Saturday night after I give you a quick reminder to go in there and just for you know a minute out of your day right now, please, if you could. I know it's late, uh, but if you, if you could go in there and, and rate and review this podcast and hit that subscribe button, we, we, would, uh, we would really appreciate that. So uh, if you're just listening on the website, nothing wrong with that. We love you. No wrong way to consume this podcast. But what would really help us out if you go in there on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Anywhere in the world, you can cast the fine pod. You can find this Go Balls 24-7 podcast. And we do this for free, and we're happy to do it, but that's the one thing that we ask. So please go do that. Uh, thanks to those who do, and to those who don't, uh, go yourself. That's our, that's our new policy. So please go in there and get that done. Now let's go to the state of Kentucky, uh, the land of my mother's people, and speak with Patrick Brown, who was at Commonwealth Stadium, or it's still Commonwealth Stadium to me. The artist formerly known as Commonwealth Stadium, now it's Kroger Field, and uh, the Vols did somehow pull out the win. Pat, I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked Ryan and the same thing I've asked everybody else. How the hell did that happen? That's a good question, Wes, because when I was uh, – I obviously post my instant takeaways after every Tennessee game. Um, and they weren't so instant. I got to be honest after this one. Um, I'm not sure how long after the game ended that I got them up on the site, but I just needed like a few minutes to process like what I just witnessed because it, it was such a bizarre game in so many ways. I mean, you, you look at the box score um, and, and it's not going to make sense in some areas. And then you watch the game and you're like, okay, well, if, if this is going to win this game, they're going to do it on offense. And then they have end up doing it on defense um, and it just kind of defies uh, some logic even. But uh, at the end of the day, Tennessee's, Tennessee won this game. Um, they found a way at the end, and that's what matters. You know, you, you go on the road against a, a top 25 team, and I know for some Tennessee fans, Kentucky will always be Kentucky, but this is not uh, your dad's Kentucky. This is not the 1990s version uh, where you could just kind of show up and you'd win easily. I mean, this is a team that was a few weeks ago 6-0. and um, and top this was top a team ten team, had, basically, yeah. Had not been beaten at home this year either. So, um, you know, this is this, this was a good win for Tennessee. I, I know some people will, will say, "Oh, it's just Kentucky," but um, I, I think this is uh, just the, the matter of the win. You just found a way, and, and Tennessee, after a couple of close losses, uh, was able to to find a way to come out on the right side of one of these close games, even though they did a bunch of things that uh, arguably. It felt like in the moment we're going to lose. I mean, we're going to cost them this game, but uh, they ended up finding a way to win. Yeah, it's hard for me to, to – and I used to use this phrase a lot more, but you say, like, deserve to win, didn't deserve to win. And, and I'm not so big on that anymore because life is not about what you deserve. It's about what you get. But but the I would describe it this way. The way that 
Tennessee made enough mistakes in that game, huge mistakes, losable mistakes, that if Tennessee had lost that game, you would have had every right to say, well, that's not unfair. That's fair. Because you, you, you let a team convert 12 of 17 third downs. You, you let a team have 612 yards of offense. You don't have a single punt from the other team in a game. You let the other team have the ball for 46 minutes and eight seconds. Even if you don't care about time of possession, like Josh Heupel doesn't care about time of possession, that's staggering. Uh, that That's almost unprecedented to have the ball that infrequently uh, and still win the game. Tennessee did so many things that you would say, well, if they lost the game, that's fair. I mean, that's just how it is. But the fact is, Tennessee made plays at the end to win it. And, and we talked about this a little bit in the first segment. But in the fourth quarter of that game, you had two contrasting things, right? Uh, you, you had the fact that that is a game this season that Tennessee has usually lost and a game that Kentucky has always won. In a game like that, close game, fourth quarter, like that. Tennessee's lost those games, Kentucky's won them. On the other hand, you had the undeniable history of this series. And that's the kind of game in this series that Tennessee always wins and Kentucky always loses. So I guess, Pat, history prevailed because, I mean, that, you would go with with normal history and not recent history, I suppose. I mean, that's just – it's hard to explain how that happened. There were so many games Kentucky that played this season where the stats said, how did they win? Tonight, you'd look at the stats and say, how did they lose? Well, it's it's funny you say that because I was walking back to uh, to my car with David Pascal of the Chattanooga Times Street Press. He's TFP a, a for life. Yeah, a longtime buddy of ours, great guy, encyclopedia of college football and SEC knowledge. But uh, And I made a comment to him that, they were like battling, like contrasting things here because I mean, Tennessee has found a way to lose games. Like, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's yep. Tennessee has found a way over the past 10, 15 years to quote unquote, Tennessee, mm-hmm. like, and, and it would have been really Tennessee to play this game and then have a 45, 35 lead with 11 minutes to go and then find a way to lose it. You know, with, I mean, with the fourth and 24, lose. with a fourth and 24 conversion. Right. Right. And you know, that, that would have gone down in infamy if they had, if Kentucky had gone and, uh, and done something after that, but uh, and then and then you have Kentucky in this series, like you pointed out, they they have found ways to lose to Tennessee uh, when they really had no business losing Tennessee. I don't I don't know that this next necessarily falls into that category, but um, and, and, you know, and, and that was sort of the, the the battling thing there at the end, and it sort of mirrored how this game was, right? Because we we talked to him in his contrasting style. Tennessee wants to play fast on offense. They want to score a lot of points. Yeah. They want big plays. I didn't think they would have a lot of big plays because Kentucky had going into this game. They'd allowed three pass plays of more than 30 yards, 30 yards. <laughs> That's insane. Since he had two, since he had two 70 yard touchdowns early. And if Jalen Hyde doesn't step out of bounds, they would have had three in the first, what quarter and a, and a half. I think that was still um, in the first and, quarter, actually crazily enough. And, and then, you know, and then, you know, Kentucky's offense is, you know, slow four yards and a cloud of dust sometimes. Yeah. Uh, although they did pretty much everything that they wanted. And so really both offenses did everything that they wanted in this game. Um, and you saw the, the contrasting styles, which is why it played out where you know, Kentucky had the ball for 46 minutes. Uh, the play count was 99 to 47. Right. And that was with three kneel downs at the end. That's I mean, insane. it's just bizarre. It's insane. Um, and, and, you know, that, <laughs> you go back over the past three games, Tennessee's defense has played. 101 against Ole Miss, 93, I think, against Alabama, 99 in this game. They've given up 38 of 58 third downs in those games. And um, <laughs> Kentucky didn't punt tonight. Tennessee punted once, and, and 
uh, and we we asked some Tennessee uh, stat folks and media relations about like time of possession records, like what's the lowest time of possession a team's ever won a game with. Probably that probably happened in this game. Let's be honest. Yeah, uh, it it almost had to. And I made a comment too to somebody that that uh, you know how how many times has there been one punt for both teams? Because the only punt <laughs> in the game was Paxton Brooks. And it was a beauty. It was, was a hell, it was a hell of a punt. Hell of a punt. Because you had a couple drives in and missed field goals. You had the ones on fourth down, but um, you know Tennessee's defense was you know that was easily their worst game of the season. That mm-hmm. was what the defense we probably thought we'd see all season yep. in that game. Yep. And it's all that happening against Kentucky, which. Uh, they they haven't been known for putting up a lot of points and yards, and they just were did whatever they wanted. Twelve to seventeen on third down. Wondell Robinson a huge game. I think over 160 yards receiving. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what Kentucky's run total finished as, but you know Will Levis did a lot of things throwing and running. So, um, but Tennessee's defense also won them this game because they made what two fourth down stops in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one at the end where. Uh, I think Tim Banks at, after the fourth and twenty four just said, "Screw it, we're bringing we're bringing yep. people, bring the house." Um, and you know, at the end of it, he said, "You know, if they're going to throw one over the top and complete one on us, then you know that's better than sitting back and rushing three on fourth twenty four, whatever." Um, and then you know, Alante Taylor has to pick six for a defensive score, and um, it, I think it's telling that both of Tennessee's fourth down stops in the second half came after Tennessee's offense didn't score. You know, they had the the fourth down drive that Great ended point. and then they had the 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 issue the the red zone that they botched where and this was a game and it felt like in the moment there that like okay if you didn't score the other team was going to score right yeah and, and and the other the other fourth down stop Tennessee's defense came up with was right before the half and who knew um those three points right before the half that Tennessee stole or more Kentucky gave them by first of all going for it you can't you can't go for it there that was bad coaching Uh, And then the defense they played to give Cedric Tillman just a free ride to the sideline for, uh, I don't know how many yards they covered, 35 or something like that to get into field goal range. Around around there, yeah. That was inexplicable, and it felt like – it it, it oddly didn't feel like that was that big in that moment, but um, those three points turned out to be really big in this game. Yeah, they did. um, And, and again, Tennessee just found – they found a way. I mean, in the fourth quarter they got Jalen Wright, who he hadn't even seen since Missouri pretty much. He did in there, and and he did he did pretty well. I'm not sure what you know. We saw Tyon Evans limp off early. Not sure what was up with Jabari Small. They lost Jacob Warren at the end of the first half too. Now they got some guys back, but um, you, know, they, you know they're missing some key pieces there. Um, and they just they found a way to win, and that's that's what matters, right? When you win these games, these close games, that's that's all that you can point to, right? When you lose these games, if Tennessee lost this game, you can point to several different sequences or moments. Like we did it when they lost to Ole Miss in Pittsburgh. It's like, okay, well, if they take advantage of this moment, then if they take advantage of that moment, then they might win. They don't have this penalty here, that you know, that turnover in the first half, something like that. Then you're, you're pointing to those as the reasons why you lost. Now you're pointing to the things you did good, right? You're pointing to the, the very few stops you made on defense and then the sequence right before halftime where you kind of stole three points. Those are those are the things that get the attention. Um, and, and that's, that's the difference in winning and losing. And, and there's fine margins in this league and, uh, that's why you know you saw the sort of some of the outpouring of celebration that, that Tennessee's players and coaches had, and and you know they work so hard for these games. And when you find a way, even though you didn't play your best to get the result, that's that's the overriding kind of feeling from this game. And 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 yeah, and it was it, it was coming down the stretch. You're like, 
okay, one of these teams is going to kind of screw this up, right? Who's yeah. going to screw it up? Basically, more? yeah. And, and basically, but that didn't really happen, though, right? I mean, Tennessee came out, and, and you know, after the fourth and twenty-eight, you're like, okay, maybe they really are going to screw this up. That that or was that, that was a T-shirt waiting to happen. If Tennessee loses that game, you're, someone is making fourth and twenty-four shirts in Lexington, and they are going to be they would be right. sold like hotcakes. Right, and and that's you know. But Tennessee rose up at the end and made the play. You know, they, they've had a couple of, of defensive stands uh, on their last two games up, up here. And so um, this one was obviously in a very different game, 17-13 versus 45-42. But, uh, again, going to that end zone too. So, um, yeah, and, and big picture, I mean, this has a chance for Tennessee to finish 7-5. and five. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's any – I don't think it's reasonable to have any expectations for them to for next week against Georgia to go. Yeah, no, anything but poorly. Yeah, we we, we talked about that in the first segment because you know Ryan can be. We all know Ryan can be a wet blanket, right? We all know Ryan. God bless him, can be a wet blanket. And so I said, I made is a there, rule. Yeah, this is this is like when he talked about. Uh, I can't remember when was it the Braves Dodgers series where he was like, yeah, it's hard to you know hard <laughs> to beat the Dodgers three times in a row or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I told him I basically made, like, good job winning the first two games, Braves, but you got to beat the Dodgers a couple. Of, it was very Ryan's. Thing. Yeah, it was. And so I told Ryan, I was like, listen, man, this is for for Tennessee's credit and for Tennessee fans sake it, it it's a good vibes only podcast because i think i think tennessee just snapped a 31 game losing streak on the road to top 20 teams or something insane like that it's it's just a crazy crazy number and we need to verify that but i think that might be the case and f- found a way to win a game that i'm not going to say it had no business losing but it had or no business winning but had every business losing i mean just made so many plays that you just can't make but it won the game we all know what's coming down the pike seven days from now or six days from now, I guess I should say, right? We all know that challenge. We all know those mismatches. But, you know, Tennessee's got nothing to lose except for maybe the health of some players. So Tennessee can go out there, chuck it, chuck it deep, make some plays, try to see what happens. Maybe 100, 102,000, 103,000 are getting behind you and you haven't – you never know. Crazy things happen. But regardless, talk to Ryan about this. Pat, and I, and I tweeted this during the game too – we all do this, right? Like during the season, we all lose the forest for the trees sometimes. Like we don't want to, but we do. We think about the next play, the next series, the next you know quarter, the next game. And, and we sort of get bogged down in that minutia of, of play to play, game to game, week to week, all that. And you don't really see the forest sometimes. When you take a step back and you think about where the program has been for the past, well, I mean, really 15 years, but for the past like 10, 11 months, and where it is now, and what this staff has done with the pieces it has to work with, and the fact that you're talking about a team that very well could go seven and five, and was a couple of bad breaks away from maybe being nine and three in a regular, you have to appreciate that on some level. You just have to step back and say, "We're not going to make a statue of you yet, but this is a good start." Yeah, and the other thing I want to throw in there is that. I wish I had the stat in front of me. I mentioned this the other day um, in something I wrote. Tennessee has, you know, they could go four and four in the SEC. And I know 500 is not, you know, you're not, like I said, you're not throwing a parade for that. But you go look back to everything, you know, the last time Tennessee played in the SEC championship game. I think you can count on one hand how many times Tennessee has had a non-losing SEC record. And that's astonishing yeah. that this yeah. staff with this team after everything that's happened over the past 12 months and um, 
you know, all the things that have gone on and where this roster is and where this roster was and who they lost and who they've not had in games, all these things, that they could go and, and be four and four in the SEC. Now, I know the SEC East is not particularly great right now, but – But beating um, the teams you need to beat to get to the next right. step to where you want to go. Right, and, and you know, there will, be, there will be people, there will be Tennessee fans who remember when beating these types of teams, beating Kentucky was a foregone conclusion. But that's been a long, long time, and you have yeah. to you have to crawl before you can walk. And I can say that because we're trying to get my two boys to to crawl, right? Yeah, they're ten months old, so they're, you got. They're crawl huge too. Can, my God, they're well, huge. They got to get crawling soon, man. Those things are enormous. Right, you you gotta you gotta crawl before you walk, and you gotta walk before you run. So before you can even think of having a go at, at some of the best teams in this league, you, you got to handle your business against the teams that you historically are better than yep. so yep. that's 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 where tennessee is but for you know uh and i know that where this is heading unfortunately is that if tennessee does finish seven and five the only person on our staff who picked that was grant and lord knows he'll never oh let us hear God. the end of it but yes. it'll be like the mississippi state but, game a couple years ago on steroids but, yeah but this is i mean you know this team still has some you know they still got some work to do you know, South Alabama is a kind of a tricky team. Yeah, it is. You know, they've got an NFL wide receiver and a defense that isn't doesn't you know doesn't give up a lot. Vanderbilt really, really good linebackers. Tennessee if Tennessee could trade linebackers with that team, I think it might. And, you know, Vanderbilt always plays Tennessee tough, and, and they've been competitive in some some games recently um, against South Carolina and maybe Missouri. I think that game they were kind of hanging around that game. So um, again, we're we may be putting the cart before the horse, but. This was a really big win for Tennessee. I don't think, you know, I don't want to have any of anybody downplaying it um, because of uh, the fashion in which it was won and the significance, right? You're beating a top 25 team on the road, yeah. a team that had lost at home, a team that had won seven in a row in the stadium. Um, and, and more importantly, you found a way to win when a lot of things, like you said, pointed to Tennessee coming up in a loss in this game. Yeah, t- if anyone's feeling any sense of entitlement right now around this program, you can take that – and uh, fold it up really neatly and stick it where the sun doesn't shine. There is no entitlement right now for this bunch. There is no – this program has not won enough lately for anyone to have any kind of an entitlement or any kind of a stick your nose up in the air about beating an 18th-ranked Kentucky team at Kroger Field. You know, that's not the case. That's why things like this have to be enjoyed. And we'll get out of here in just a second, Pat, but but I asked Ryan this, and I wanted to ask you about two. Because we've talked about, of all the things this team has done this season, it had not won a game that was kind of a coin flip in the fourth quarter. It had not done that. And if you want to become a team that competes, you know, I I mean, look at like, for instance, Alabama tonight, right? LSU goes to Alabama, and LSU, Bama does not play well. LSU hangs around. Bama has to find a way to win. But, But the culture there. They just they get it done. They win those games. Tennessee had not done that yet. And until you start building that in your program, it's hard to take the next step because no matter where you're going, no matter how talented you are, no matter what, what's happening, you're going to have games like that. And Tennessee had had a couple games like that, and it had lost them. And maybe you talked about the depth being an issue. Maybe Hooker could manage the time and situation better. You know, he, he didn't have many turnovers, but the ones he had were in really bad spots. There were some fair things to criticize there. You know, be we're not going to be all sunshine and roses here, guys. Like, if there were things to criticize in that game, in those games, and there was plenty to criticize Saturday night, tons. We, we could spend 
forever discussing the things that just went wrong in that game. But finding ways to win like that is something that this program needed. Yeah, I think it's fair to call it a culture win, right? Because that's what you're banking on. You're banking on your, I don't want to use the term resiliency because it gets over overplayed a lot, but. Yeah, that's a great point, Pat, because resiliency, I, I think, gets overused a lot. Um, and, and because it's used so often, it's not necessarily used. It, it, it loses its meaning when you talk about it in, in terms of what Tennessee's been through in the final 11 months, which does feel like some sort of legitimate resilience needed, right? Like, because you, you have so many players leave, you got a new coaching staff coming in, they're trying to recruit with all the negative stuff going on. You got players going to the portal left and right. You're, you lost some players to the NFL. You're, you're just, you're in a bad place and you're the laughing stock of, of, of the SEC in some ways. I mean, not like Vanderbilt, but you know, you're, you've not be, you've lost your status as the program that you were for most of your history and, and you have to overcome a situation like this and this season, while if, again, don't put the cart before the horse, but, you know, if they go 7-5, and five, if, if, if they do that, uh, that is a tremendous accomplishment, I think, because I think any, this team getting bowl eligible, period, was a big deal. But the fact that they've done this despite being exciting, our good friend Peter Burns from FCC Network, you know, tweeted Saturday night, and something that I've talked about with him on his radio show before this year, is that Tennessee is just so much more fun to watch right now. There, there is an enjoyment going on right now with the players, with the coaches, and, and the results are not where anybody wants them to be, Pat, but but they're, in general, it just feels like this is something that's fun and something that could go somewhere. Yeah, and, and the way that this team has played all season is, is sort of, um, I've I referred to them as an overachieving bunch. I think that that's fair sure. just because, you know, sometimes in these games, they're just kind of piecing it together, right? They're just, again, it's just finding a way. And this was the most finding a way game that is about as finding a way as you can get, right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and that's a good sign of, of your culture. You know, I mentioned this being a culture win. I think, um, you know, being able to win this game in your first year is, is a good sign. And, and like you said, I think, you know, after coming up short in a couple of games against Pittsburgh and Ole Miss, Again, they, they found a way to make the plays um, sort of in closing time and crunch time to just get the job done and get it over the line. So, um, again, I think if, if they're able to finish the deal in the last two games, um, then I think that that obviously does um, kind of puts a, a real kind of stamp on, on the progress that the staff has made quickly. Um, and, and they've got a chance to uh, really show that, you know, there's – there, there could be some quick, I don't want to say quick, a quick turnaround necessarily, but that this thing is heading in the right direction when a lot of people thought this could be uh, a tough season and, and a season that would be challenging for uh, for Tennessee to have this, some of the success that it's had right off the bat with this staff. Yeah, you look at like the, um, you know, the, that, that whole Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State here, whatever. The, the, there's like, there's a handful of programs right now that are playing a different sport from a lot of people. And, and, but behind that, there's just a whole lot of parity. There's a whole lot of good and bad and both good and bad and inconsistent, erratic. And, and, and Tennessee has now, I, I think, fairly become a team, and I think it's fair to say this, that they're really not fun to play, but they're crazy fun to watch. Like, you you do not like playing this Tennessee team. The, the way that they just assault people in the first quarter – 
it, it, it's because they're not fun to play because of the style they play. And I'm sure, I'm sure the, the league will adjust at some point and figure out some things that, that, that'll give Heupel's offense more, more difficulties. But remember, his offense has put up a ton of points at Missouri. And you could say, hey, he had an NFL quarterback then. You know, okay, well, maybe he has one now. I, I don't know. We'll see. He's, he's made this guy more of a quarterback NFL prospect than people thought he would be. I mean, the, the, this system works. This is fun football to watch. They need to make a ton of improvements on both sides of the ball. They need to get more depth. They need to recruit better. They need to get some answers quickly on defense, uh, especially there in the, at linebacker. they got some real issues there. But they're worth watching. They are infinitely more enjoyable to watch than I think a, just about anyone thought they would be. Yeah, just compare these games last year to this year. I mean, that was a miserable loss since he had to contact that season. Yeah, it was. Right? And, and this this game was probably miserable a lot to watch for a lot of it because, you know, just the ebbs and flows. But that's, you know, it, it's boring to be Georgia right now, right? Because you're just blowing everybody out. Mm-hmm. You know, those fans wake up on Saturday morning and it's like, oh, we're going to win by 35 or are we going to cover a 37 and a half point spread? <laughs> you know, in Tennessee, it's like, I don't know what's going to happen tonight, but it probably will be crazy and it probably will be fun. And, uh, and like I said, this team has had some, some wild games this season. And, you know, kind of looking back again, kind of going into the big picture, you know, we went into the season looking at, okay, they had this, these are the likely losses. These were the likely wins. Um, I, you know, I, I think in hindsight, the, the maybe the five toss-up games have been the five toss-up games that we thought they would be, right? Yeah, Pitt, absolutely true. Pitt, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Missouri, and Kentucky. And Tennessee's gone three and two in those games, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, the two they lost were, you know, down to the wire games Tennessee could have won. So, um, and, and those are the games that you have to win if you're going to make a big move in the, in the win-loss column right away. So, um, yeah, th- this is a team that I don't know how fun the film is going to be for some of these, for some of the defensive players. Uh, when they go back over it on Monday, because uh, like you said, there, there's going to be a lot of it about this performance we can nitpick and say, you know, it, even though a lot of the issues that we saw were issues that we've seen all season on, on defense, they've just done a better job of masking them in some other games than they did tonight. But um, just the, it's just different when you win, right? Yeah. When, it's, it's when way you different. win, you're, you're, you're like, we'll worry about that when we have time to worry about it. Right. And, you know, the staff will be working on it Sunday, but, you know, uh, the players and, and the fans, you know, you get to enjoy it a little bit longer. And, and, and that would be my advice, right? You just be the top 25 team on the road. Um, and, and you found a way at the end to, uh, when you thought it was going to be slipping away, you got the job done. And, um, and, and again, you, you, you maybe won a game that, uh, maybe a few weeks ago. Maybe it didn't look that way, right? I, you know, I thought Kentucky was legit when they started the season 6-0. Um, and I think they showed that they're a pretty good team tonight. I mean, they, they were giving Tennessee a lot of trouble. They should, you know, they should give some credit for how they played on offense. But, again, it's just it always you're always better when, when you win, right? They don't ask how. They ask how many. Did you win or not? Yeah, right? I always had a good so. feeling about this game because of just the styles of play, and I just kind of thought Tennessee could outscore Kentucky. I didn't think it would be a defensive play at the end that won it, obviously. And Kentucky did a lot more offensively than I thought it would do against Tennessee. Yeah, I, I picked thirty-one twenty-four, and it was almost at a halftime. So yeah, I think I was thirty-four twenty-four or something like that. So yeah, we were. But you know what? Uh, I don't think there's a lot of people in Orange that are very unhappy this evening. So well, remember, we're, we're good vibes only on this one. We'll get back to the criticism or, or the the fair level-headed approach uh, the next next couple episodes because we got 
uh, you know, the, the Tennessee-Georgia game to talk about, which is not going to be, you know, we'll, we'll see. Good vibes only right now. Uh, but we also got basketball to talk about next week, uh, obviously with, with the regular season kicking up Tuesday. Lots and lots of fun stuff to discuss. So, Pat, I'm going to go ahead and let you get back to it. Thanks for, for being up there tonight in Lexington. Get back home safe, and we will, uh, we will hear from you on Monday. Thank you, Wes. No problem. I had to find the unmute button. My bad. Ah, it's all right. We got it. Don't worry. Man, I swear it, I'm good at Zoom. It's only been like over a year. If people knew what time of day it was right now or time of night it was, I, I don't. I, I think they would understand that. So I think we had like a little noise when Ryan hung up in the first segment too. Who really cares, right? This is. Well, <laughs> it is what says, it is right now. One thirty-eight a.m. in the car. I'm in. Says two thirty-eight. So I, nobody knows what time it is. That's true. Oh, it's because it's daylight savings time. That's yeah, right. Time is a flat circle. Hey, and everything. Extra hour. No, nothing is everything. Everything is nothing. Uh, but you know what never changes? Uh, almost never changes. Tennessee beating Kentucky. So we will end on well, that thought. Unless you got anything else, go ahead. The, you're the Bermuda Triangle of, of, the, of the clocks falling back. We survived. That's is true. Is it like going in the transfer portal? I think it is. And you're also – weird portal, things happen. Portal. You know, you got to drive through my, uh, my, my, uh, the land of my mother's people through like – hazard in that area tonight so uh be careful there don't want to be there uh, sometimes late at night so uh be careful man <laughs> nope staying in lexington it's all good there you go all good appreciate it buddy thanks and if i could just find that button where is it there it is there it is Thanks, guys, for listening. I know it's coming out at an ungodly hour, but uh, this game was played and ended at an ungodly hour. So we are doing what we have to do to bring this podcast to you, and we thank you for listening to it. And I'm sure you're happy tonight. I'm sure you're being safe tonight, but please continue to do that. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on Twitter. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news on your feed, nothing else, get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 and get tons of stuff there all day, every day. But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the tap, go get that at govals247.com. The best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball, Lady Vols coverage where Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us year-round tons of stuff on there including a notebook she put up today lots of good stuff in there tons of stuff you get all of that plus access to two forms that run around the clock 24 hours a day seven days a week where you can go speak with us the five members of the staff and thousands of tennessee fans in every zip code everywhere in the world no matter what time of day it is no matter where you are you can go talk shop with tennessee football fans and basketball fans and baseball fans across the world And you can talk about anything else that's not political or religious in nature. That's what it's there for. You get all of that plus access to the best database in all of college sports, best recruiting database for sure in the industry. All of that for less than one mediocre lunch per month. That's all it costs, and that's after a seven-day free trial. And if you pay us that full rate, which, again, is really, really reasonable, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus. It's a giant just a giant streaming platform that's just getting better and better every day, every week. Tons of stuff on there. Every show CBS has ever made commercial free. Tons of Paramount plus exclusive stuff. Uh, lots and lots of really good shows that are coming there. And, and you know, shows for kids, shows for adults, shows for the tweens, shows for everybody. Live sports, vol stuff. 
SEC stuff, NFL, PGA Tour, Europa League, Serie A, World Cup qualifying, all of that, all of that, plus stuff from the vaults of CBS, obviously, and MTV, BET, Nickelodeon, Smithsonian, Comedy Central, something for everyone. That's a $100 plus annual value that we will give you for free. No questions asked. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for about a hundred bucks a year. It's, I mean, I'm telling you, the holidays are coming up. This is one of the best deals out there. You don't have to worry about the, the supply chain and all that stuff that my brother has to worry about in that industry. You don't have to worry about that. It's digital. Go get it. Go do it right now. Please, please, please do that. Please rate and review this podcast. Please do that too. And please subscribe. And uh, if nothing else, guys, if there's no big breaking news, you should hear from us on Monday where we're going to talk Tennessee uh, football, Hoops coming up Tuesday, all kinds of good stuff. So until then, be good to each other. Enjoy this win. Be safe, especially those people coming back over the mountain tonight, coming back from the game. Be really, really safe, and we will see you here uh, in a couple days. Show empathy to each other. Come on, the world's mean. See ya. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.